The following podcast contains spoilers for the exception. You have been warned! What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Magus. Hello! Ah. Oh, I mean, hello, Miguel. <laughs> oh, hey, buddy, how you doing, my silly I'm, little willy? I'm good, how are you? Oh, living the, the freaking dream, my man. <laughs> I you know, that's what? a fucking lie from That is a supreme lie right now, but we'll get into that a little bit. <laughs> we will. Um, I, dude, I watched movies! Can you believe it? I saw a couple, one uh, of which yeah, I'm that, really excited to hear what you think, and also a little bit afraid. But mm-hmm. so, uh, um, yeah, you start. What have you watched this week? Yeah, let me let me hit you up with the goodies. Uh, so I'm kind of going off this kind of like weird biopic thing that I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started kind of with the founder, and then we watched Mank, and now I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna watch Trumbo because why not? Yeah, with which, Brian Cranston about. Uh, I forget his first name. Dalton Trumbo, who Mm -hmm. wrote Spartacus, among other great films, and was blacklisted for being a communist. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't like a hiding communist. He was just like, yeah, I'm a communist. What of it? Yeah. Um, So so that was was pretty good. I actually did want to see that when it came out, but never actually got around to it. So five years later down the road, here we are. I saw Uh, that one in one of my big movie days where it's all four (laughs) movies in a day. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other one was actually uh, something I had definitely lied about in the last podcast not knowingly that i lied until i started editing it that uh vast of night you were like oh yeah this is the only one on the list that uh i have seen or like two of these i've seen i'm like hey, yeah me too. i'm like wait what last week with netflix roulette it was uh the exception which we watched the vast of night and then killing them softly and i said i had seen both except for or all except for the exception and you're like yeah me too and i was yeah, really confused too. about that and that was a lie and i don't know why i said that it just it happened right. it did yeah <laughs> so i watched that that was actually amazing uh, i do right? watch i do want to rewatch it again right was, it's was, so fucking good i do this thing where i like for some reason cuz streaming has fucked me up where i have to do multiple things at once so like yeah. i was watching the movie I was watching my friend play a game, and then I was like, I got to use my fingers. And then Mm -hmm. I started playing Animal Crossing again for the first time since it came out. And I'm nowhere further, you know. But I want to rewatch it. It was a great movie. Oh, yeah. I love love that it took place when it did. I love the whole style of it. I love how simple it is where it's It's, just like... It's so simple. Like this is gonna make it make a lot of people not want to watch it, but it's just talking, and mm-hmm. like talking over the phone. But yeah. it's so compelling what is being said, and it's like you're unveiling a mystery as it's happening. Yeah. And uh, I do want to do that on the podcast at some point, even though we have both already seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it'd be a great episode to talk about. Yeah, for sure. I would. I would love to rewatch that again. And then, yeah. um, actually, I had this backwards. I watched this movie before I watched this movie. I watched Eyes Wide Shut, which is a Stanley Kubrick film, which I've been mm-hmm. meaning to get around for to forever. Um, I haven't even seen it, so which is uh, I actually didn't know much about this movie. Uh, 
It's not what it I was thought like a, it was. I thought there like was a, like sex everywhere, but there wasn't exactly sex everywhere. Really? Okay, because that's <laughs> honestly that's been one of the reasons I've like stayed away from it. Not because like I I am not a prude. I want to say that I'm not a prude, but I think yeah. I think uh, movies that are just about sex are kind of boring. Yeah. Um. So like that's the main reason I've stayed away from it. But if it's more complex than just that, then I'll, the I'll definitely movie, the check movie it out. Is straight up, pretty much literally about sex. Okay. But, they don't even even the scene or yeah scene where it is like the, it's happening it's not mm-hmm. even the forefront of it it's okay. it's mainly tom cruise's character experiencing what's going on more than okay. what's actually happening like that, i think it was sounds... a fantastic film i do want to rewatch it again but it was like two and a half plus hours oh yeah that's another reason but, uh, it's it's extremely long yeah. for me like it just from what i've heard about it uh, which you know is not much. I've it just seemed like a down point for Stanley Kubrick, which it might not it might not be, but um, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll watch it eventually. But that's yeah, just it why was, I haven't seen it yet. I, I would say extremely underrated. Not a lot of people talk about this movie just because of all of his mm-hmm. other movies. This movie was really good and definitely made me think like afterwards and everything like okay. that. So cool. So I would uh, I mentioned I would not, not mention, but I would recommend getting to that. Uh, cool. Eventually. And then the last movie I watched was the movie we're going to uh, further review. And then I'll let you uh, hit me with my earlobes. Please hit me with my own earlobes. So uh, I saw 15 movies, a little bit down from last week, but 15 movies this week. uh, One of which was the exception, of course. And then one of which uh, will be our, our movie for this coming next week uh, i know i've already seen it but i kind of want to hear your thoughts and it yeah. did come out last year so it's it's within the it's in the safe the, zone yeah it's in the safe zone so the first movie i watched was psych the movie uh for those of you who don't know me and glenn you might not even know this but the tv show psych from usa i do from like the, the mid 2000s is my favorite goddamn show in the world i remember when you used to specifically only use uh psych gifts for a while oh yeah psych psych is just a great show and i i, I next year i definitely want to rewatch the se- the series because i've been focused more on uh movies lately so i've been mm-hmm. watching a lot of movies and i want to rewatch psych um but yeah if you're a fan of psych you're gonna love psych the movie there's a second movie that came out this year but it is not yet available uh on any of the streaming services that i subscribe to so i, I can't watch that yet yeah uh, but that was really good then i watched vivarium with imogen poots and um uh, jesse eisenberg I, I love imogen poots too uh and it is you know i'm expecting me and caitlin are expecting a child it is mm-hmm. not a movie you should watch when you're expecting a child because it seriously gave me anxiety Ooh. um i'm not gonna say anything other than the there's a kid in it that is not theirs, but they're forced to raise this kid. Mm-hmm. He's extremely annoying, which is giving me anxiety. And then he turns kind of, but not really, into a fucking frog, which, even <laughs> though that is impossible, gave me even more anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I, I'm definitely, but it, the anxiety subsided after the movie, but it was definitely just like, what am I getting my, myself my into? My child's going to turn into yeah. a frog. It's the, the um, prince. Yeah, it's a solid movie. It's definitely like a, a mind fuck uh, movie, which mm-hmm. it it's not really amazing, but it, it's good. It, it's very stylized. I enjoyed it. Imogen Poots is great. Justin Eisenberg is great. Um, I yeah, if you want to check it out, check it out. Then I okay. watched uh, Run with Sarah Paulson. 
Uh, it is um, kind of like the oh my god, I'm Munchauser syndrome. That's what I was thinking. Munchauser syndrome. She has a daughter uh, who. Oh, is this um, one of her new ones? Yeah, it just yeah. came out last month, I think. She has a daughter that is in a wheelchair, uh, played by an actual uh, actress, like an actress who actually uses a wheelchair, so mm -hmm. it's got a lot of inclusivity in that sense. And um, she, uh, you know, the, the daughter starts suspecting of her, her of, uh, you know, committing Munchhouse syndrome where, you know, parents poison their kids to keep them sick so they have to... Mm -hmm to follow them and, and it's it's really interesting it kind of goes like it walks the line of is this happening is this not happening it keeps the mystery really solid uh and the uh actress who plays her daughter i believe it's her first role she's phenomenal in it uh you know her and sarah paulson are great together and it is, is a surprisingly really impressive film uh that is on hulu you can check out um, then I watched Tyrannosaur, which is my 3,000th movie I have ever seen ever, at least according to Letterboxd. Um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. That's, that's a milestone for the ages. Yes. Yes. I don't know if that's like, some people said that that doesn't sound impressive. I'm like, how many movies have you watched? <laughs> Just, you know, yeah. It's 000. like, rate all the movies you watched on Letterboxd and then get back to me if it's more than 3,000. Um, then, uh, but, uh, this is directed by Patty Considine. Uh, who is uh, a lot of people would know him as um, one of the Andes from uh, Hot Fuzz. Mm -hmm. He's uh, he's a great actor. He's also in Macbeth, uh, the one we saw with um, the one that Michael Fassbender. Mind. Yeah, uh, and he, he's a really talented actor. He directed and wrote this, and it's incredible. It's very sad and hard to watch, but it mm -hmm. is extremely good. It has a lot of people who are in Hot Fuzz too, which kind of makes it weird. Yeah, because like it's a very serious movie, but it's all these people that made all me laugh. People like, that were really funny yeah, in a different movie, like Olivia Coleman. She's in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Um, Eddie Marzan, who is also in Hot Fuzz, and also uh, both Patty and Eddie are in The World's End, the other Edgar Wright yeah. Simon Pegg movie. Uh, but yeah, really incredible film. I, I suggest people check that out. Then I watched, because, you know, trying to get to 366, uh, thought, fuck it, I'll watch The Happy Time Murders with uh, Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> it's essentially, you could, it, it, one thing that blew my mind is that it was directed by Jim Henson's son. Um, oh, really? Yeah, so it's essentially Muppets on crack, literally and figuratively. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's a fine movie. It's 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 dumb. It mm -hmm. serves its purpose. I'll never watch it again. I didn't hate watching it, but it's not good. Yeah. Um. Then we. Then we. Then I. Oh, and, I my, and my. And my other personality. Uh. Watched Light of My Life. Uh. Which is written directed by Casey Affleck. It's kind of like a post-apocalyptic thing. That is the movie we are going to be watching next week. I'll get into Ooh. more of that later. And I including seen a Casey film this year, so it's definitely definitely happy to yeah. do that. And he wrote and directed it, so it's it's really uh mm -hmm. you know it's a really a Casey Affleck movie. Yeah. Uh, then I watched a classic Japanese horror movie and comedy called House, which I fucking hated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is a really renowned movie, and I understand why. But it is essentially everything I hate about anime, but in a live action movie. So it seems so, like I feel like I have to watch it just to make sure that I hate it. Yeah, you, you 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 might like it, but you might hate it as well. What was it called? It's called House. 
okay. um, from 1977. And the story is really good. The acting is really good. The fucking editing and cinematography and style I hated. Yeah. But with that being said, I understand why people like it. It's just not my thing. Kind of like anime. I understand why people like it. It's just not my thing. Yeah. I'm actually watching ha- a, another old one. Not, not as old as that one yeah. right now called Berserk. But I, I hated this more than I hate anime, so that's saying something. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I never, it, the thing is, it has a lot of really impressive things uh-huh. that, like, I was impressed with. Most, most do, but it's it yeah. Does it was over, just get overshadowed was, by other it stuff. It was so annoying, and if you ever watch it, you'll know what I'm talking about, or at least you'll know why I hated it. Yeah, I know why you, you hated it. <laughs> you, you might like it. Um, we'll then see. I watched a, a movie uh, from this year that recently came out. And I'll tell you what, if this isn't nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Actor in a Supporting Role, Best Actress in Supporting Role, Cinematography, Directing, and Writing yeah. <laughs> in the Oscars, I will be very fucking upset. Because this is the gr- the best movie I've seen this year. It it knocked uh, The Vast of Night out of its number one spot for my top ten oh, wow. of the year. Uh, it is called Sound of Metal. With um, Oh, yeah, I definitely remember seeing this one up. On yeah, the, uh... it, it has Riz Ahmed uh, as the the, uh, the main protagonist, Olivia Cook, who uh, you know from me and Earl and the Dying Girl, mm-hmm. um, and then Paul uh, Rachi or Rossi or Racy. I'm not sure how his last name is pronounced, um, but he is uh, phenomenal. All three of them are phenomenal, which is why I really hope but I'm not holding my breath that they all get nominated for Oscars. Mm-hmm. But if if this isn't nominated in most, if not all of those categories I just mentioned, I will lose my shit. And if, like, you at know... bare minimum, at least one. Yeah, I liked Mank, but if Mank beats this in any of those categories because it's about Hollywood, I will yeah. personally fly out to Los Angeles and burn Hollywood to the ground. Uh, <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah. No, but in all seriousness, Sound of Metal is a really great film. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give too much away. It is heartbreaking. It is real. It is beautiful. Uh, it makes people who like metal seem human, which is you know something that I wish wasn't unheard of in films. But oftentimes, yeah, people who like metal are villains and yep. uh, or stupid or both. Um, but this is really a really beautiful film, and I I really at least want you to watch it, Glenn. Uh, um, well, I'll write it down along with House, and yes, I'll definitely uh, probably hate one and love the other. Yeah. Then I watched Exception. We'll get to in a second. Then I watched The Battered Bastards of Baseball, which is about Kurt Russell's dad's mm-hmm. uh, minor league team that he uh, he owned, minor league baseball team yeah. that Kurt Russell also played on. Um, and kind of like how they were essentially forced out of baseball because uh, the higher-ups in baseball hate people having fun, which yeah. is true. I love baseball, but the people who like control how baseball is viewed are very like broomstick-up-their-ass kind of people. Sounds about right. Uh, so love the sport, hate the people who run it, but this was a great documentary, and it, it was uh, you know cool to see. I would love to see a, a film ab- adaptation of this. I think mm-hmm. it could be really good. Uh, kind of up there with like Slapshot or, um, uh, It'd be pretty cool if yeah. uh, Kurt Russell directed it too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I don't know he, how um, he is with directing or anything, but me neither. But I mean, he's close to it. So at, at the very def- least, I would like to see him you know, work on the script. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was, that was a really cool documentary. I suggest people check out. Then I watched a Jonas Ockerlund movie who we'll remember as being the director of Polar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't pick this knowing was it the, was what him. Was the first name? Jonas. Jonas. Oh, you son of a bitch. Uh, so, Jonas Ockerland uh, movie starring Matt Lucas, who was also in Polar. 
and Johnny Knoxville, who was also in Polar, <laughs> and James Conn for some reason, and Billy Crystal for some reason. Is, like that they just were like, yo, Johnny, help me out, brother. Yeah, he, they're probably just friends. Yeah. Um, but it's called Small Apartments. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's like a it's a weird, quirky, dark comedy uh, with Matt Lucas and uh, Johnny Knoxville, James Caan and Billy Crystal. It's a weird cast, but it, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's not a great movie, but it's you know, it's like many movies. It serves its purpose. Uh, I didn't hate the hour and a half of of the running time. Yeah. Uh, also, Dolph Lundgren is in it for some reason. Uh, <laughs> oh, why not? There's, yeah, there's just a whole bunch of people in it. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's called Small Apartments. Then I watched The Tiger Hunter with Danny Pudi from um, Community. People would know him as Abed mm-hmm. from Community. Uh, it's essentially just like a coming to America, American dream type movie with him living in an apartment with 13 other uh, South, e- South Asian yeah um people and it's got a lot of people you'll recognize none of their names i remember unfortunately but a lot of like indian comedian and comedic comedic actors in it and it's 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 a good movie again serves its purpose then i watched tesla with ethan hawk where he plays nikola tesla um this movie was so close to being pretty good yeah uh except for because it was making the point that nikola tesla was so ahead of his time yeah it broke the mold where it like broke the time period where there was one part where Nikola Tesla was like singing karaoke and everything. It was really weird. <laughs> and like, like there's without taking a jab at uh Ethan Hawke, because I do love that man. I feel like most of his movies are like like that close to that barrier. Yeah, I mean he's I, I love the things he picks. I yeah. would rather someone pick a bad, interesting movie like Tesla mm-hmm. than just the normal shit that like yeah. is made every day. Um, so I'm not mad at the movie Tesla. I just think that there are other movies who combine period pieces with modernization a lot better. Yeah, you know, like your Moulin Rouge's, uh, your uh, Great Gatsby, um, which I didn't like, but it still combined the the two time periods better than this. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't hate it, but it's just not good either. And Jim Gaffigan's in it for some yeah. reason again. Uh, so yeah, it's Tesla. It's on Hulu. If you want to check it out, uh, you might like it. Um, I didn't care for it, but you know, I'd rather someone try something different and fail than just yeah do a cookie cutter. Then I watched Flower with uh, Zoe Deutsch and Catherine Hahn and Tim Heidecker. Uh, it's about this girl who like tricks older men oh she doesn't trick older men she like will give blowjobs to older men for money and then like frame them that's not the whole plot but that's like how her character is introduced (laughs) and then she meets her stepbrother who was like sexually uh assaulted as a kid Mm -hmm. um and it's just kind of her trying to get back at the guy that that did that to her stepbrother it's it's a interesting comedy um yeah i think sounds like quite a ride yeah it's 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 good enough. It's not amazing, but yeah. you know, I, I got nothing bad to say about it, but nothing great to say about it. Then I watched uh, Hillbilly Elegy, which is Ron Howard's newest film. It's on Netflix. Uh, a lot of critics have been shitting on this, and I get why, but also think they've been going a little too hard. It is like the worst of Oscar bait. Yeah, but. It is not as bad as they have been making to say they've been exaggerating it. So uh, it's, it takes place in Hollywood and it stars John Wayne and uh... <laughs> no, it's it's actually based on a true story written by a guy who is a lawyer, I believe. 
uh, and his time growing up in Middletown, Ohio, mm-hmm. um, with his drug addicted mother, uh, who abused him and his grandmother who abused his mother and just a whole bunch of abuse. And it's kind of like how, um, a lot of, uh, you know, Rust Belt states feel that America has left them behind, which is, you know, I, I empathize with that because um, that there are a lot of cities out there that like have been abandoned by corporations and shit, which is kind of fucked up. Yeah. Um, but like, like I said, this is not as bad as the critics are saying, but it's also not good. Uh, it's it's a fine middle. It's like a movie of a week of the week where it's like it's fine. It's it's a little too preachy, really. But it's not mind blowing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think with the talent that is in there with Glenn Close and Amy Adams, mm-hmm. uh, it, it should have been better. And Ron Howard directing, of course, yeah. but it, it lacks heart. Uh, but that's all I watched this week, you know, okay. just a, a few yeah, films. Stall. Um, so let's get into some news, Glenn. You have right. news. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple. A couple. It was a pretty actually busy week considering. Um, first off, uh, this is more news for me because I love this more than anything in the world. Uh, Oscar Isaac to star as Solid Snake in the Metal Gear movie, which uh, Metal Gear is one of my favorite game franchises of all time. Uh, Personally, I had like the last 10 years, I had like a fan pick for who I wanted as Solid and who I wanted as Liquid. Uh, For Solid, it was Carl Urban and Liquid. It was like Dean Dean from uh, Supernatural. But we finally got the real thing, and it's Oscar Isaac, which... I'm really content with because mm-hmm. he's the man and uh, they're still pretty in the early, um, early workings of it. They haven't filmed obviously yet. They finally, they just picked their main star. Finally, I don't think they have anybody else really, but that's, that's huge. Uh, I don't expect this movie to be good in the slightest. I'm just excited to see it finally, at least trying to be made into something. Yeah. But knowing that Oscar Isaac's going to be the dude, the main man, solid snake, and especially, uh, if, I don't know if you're the the Triple Frontier movie that he did with Ben Affleck and all those guys, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they were all in an interview together, and like they were like, "Hey, what would you like if you were to do like a dream like casting for yourself? Like, what movie would you want to like play?" And he was just like, "Solid Snake, Metal Gear Solid, boom." Nice. That was like what two years ago. So it's finally cool to see that, and that he awesome. wants to be a part of that. So that's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Spider-Man 3 actually kind of just broke news an hour or an hour or two ago before recording this that uh, they pretty much have all the stars from uh, Sam Raimi's um, Spider-Man and the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Everybody really except for um, Tobey Maguire. He's the last one holding out. He's still doing negotiations on. Yeah, they had uh, Alfred Molina too, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're bringing yeah. back yeah, Kirsten Dunst. Probably Tobey Maguire. They got Andrew Garfield. They got. Uh, they better Emma, fucking bring Emma back Stone. Paul Giamatti. Yeah, what's actually funny is somebody posted a tweet, and I fucking I was laughing my ass off. They uh they said uh Paul Paul Giamatti has been is reprising his role for Spider Man uh three for the new the new MCU Spider Man, but instead of Rhino, he's gonna be the guy from Sideways. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. That is hilarious. I, I do want Paul Giamatti to, to return. Yeah, especially uh, since it like like uh, Oscar Isaac, he really wanted to play Rhino, and he got mm-hmm. uh, shanked from doing that for yeah. uh, for Amazing Spider-Man three never coming out. So that's mm-hmm. hopefully he gets compensated for that again. 
uh, and gets back in there. No matter what iteration it looks like, hopefully he uh, gets some sort of something out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the, the Spider-Man news. And then the last one, uh, I don't know if we actually talked about this last week, but it kind of broke neck, or last week that uh, Warner Brothers is pretty much put out their whole list of movies um, that are that are going to be coming out. Basically, it's more than likely just going to go straight to HBO Max. Um, Not and, even the, the half and half, like they said? Yeah, I don't know. Or I don't, like it would, it would play in movies as well as on HBO Max? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'd like, I think what you just said is more correct than what I said, but... Okay. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. How did we get here? Well, this next topic's going to take a little bit of time to talk about because me and Mike really like to rant. If you don't want to listen to that, just go ahead into the 35-minute mark and you can just keep on listening to the podcast. Bye-bye. So, so with, with that, I've, I've been like... At first, I was like, oh, that's actually kind of dope. Um, I kind of love that. Like, you know, in case like this pandemic thing, you know, is still riding for another couple more months, it makes sense to do that. But also at the same time, it's going to kill the movie theater franchise. Uh, not, not like straight up put it through a heart, but it's like the first step for other movie studios to do the same exact thing. Yeah. And this is mainly more of a rant than it is a news considering this came out last week. But for, I, I've just been looking at the comment sections on Twitter's on like the Instagram, all that. And just people are so fucking hype for this and just tearing movie theaters apart for this and just tearing like actors apart. Cause, uh, I read that Gal Gadot, she's supposed to make a certain amount of money in box office. Like rep. she'll make a certain amount of money in box office revenue or like once it hits like a tile or like a, little tile mark mm-hmm. but because it's going to go straight to streaming she might not make all that money that she's supposed to be making and there was yeah. like there was like comments like oh yeah fuck the fuck the rich people anyway like and it blows my mind that people are thinking like that because it's it's not just impacting who do they Gal think Gadot. are making these decisions yeah it's it's, it's the rich people who are going to make money regardless yeah. just instead of the people that they're banking off their faces yeah it's it's going to the people behind the scenes so, so who you gotta, mind you are the ones that are more likely to to like assault people <laughs> yeah so you've got people people like that who are like yeah fuck the rich people uh and then you've got the people who are like movie tickets were too much money anyway which is understandable that they, they are but at a certain point like these movies are cranking out millions of dollars yeah do they think that they're gonna make uh anything more than a 40 million dollar movie what like if it does become a thing you're not gonna get your avenger type movies anymore if it's if it's strictly streaming and then you had the people who were just like uh good we we nobody nobody likes the movie theater experience anymore anyway or like uh yeah anyway. that's fucking false yeah, like and that's, I, and that's a bold play yeah, bold yeah face i lie. would i would love if the people who don't like the movie theater going experience stay the fuck away from movie mm-hmm. theaters because they're more likely the ones to talk so yeah. good riddance to them i do think theaters should have downsized a long time ago yeah uh and this is going to force their hand to do so i don't think movie theaters will go anywhere they will downsize and i think that's for the best Mm -hmm. but also fuck any like honestly if you're cheering for this you're not a movie fan so fuck off and like reading all that just kind of really hit home to me how much this actually fucking sucks because yeah I've been out of a job now for we 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 came back at the end of summer, but like I've been out of a job now for like nine months, mm-hmm. and all these people are just 
like, oh yeah, screw it. Just we don't need movie theaters anyway. I'm like, this is this is how I'm living, brother. What do you it's, mean? <laughs> it's hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of jobs. Yeah. And and like so the the only people who are not going to be affected by this are the rich people. So what mm-hmm. the fuck are you saying? Yeah. Like the the people who think that like oh the rich people don't deserve it anyway. They're not the rich people are not going to be hurt by this. It's the people yes, actors might be hurt by this until they restructure their contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh but this is going to hurt the small crews who, you know, they won't take money away from the the talent or the producers. They're going to take money away from crews. Yeah. They're going to take money away from editors. They're going to take who money away from special effects teams. the best amount of money, period. Already. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who, who works for DreamWorks. He's a, he's a, um, I think he's a lower, like, exec producer. He's, he's on the producing teams mm-hmm. for a, t- a DreamWorks TV show, and he... I, he makes less than my wife who's a chemist does yeah so like they don't ma- not everyone makes shit tons of money in the movie theater in the movie business like it's it's ridiculous and most actors most actors sorry i'm gonna kind of rant a little bit oh no, you good this is the most whole point actors of this article. i'm not talking about your robert downey juniors or your chris evans who who signed these massive superhero deals mm-hmm. that become extremely lucrative for them most actors get paid around scale which is uh i think it's like the scale is like less than two thousand dollars a week which sounds like a lot until you realize they probably work only four or five months out of the year Mm -hmm. so they don't work they don't get two thousand dollars every single week of the year they get two thousand dollars while they're on that project and then ten percent of that goes to the manager ten percent of that goes to their their uh their um their agent they they have to pay up all this money a lot of them have to pay for their own makeup artists when they go to these award shows if they get awards a lot of the times they have to pay to get the award like they'll they'll still have their name on like the history of the award but they can't get a physical award unless they pay for it a lot of the times so there's a lot of costs that come that go with acting there's a lot of costs that go with a lot of filmmaking thing and the only people that aren't going to be hurt by this are the people who are behind the scenes that you don't see that are super rich and are going to yeah. stay super rich. It's complete bullshit. And anyone who's, who's saying good riddance to rich people don't know how the film industry works and they can go fuck off for all I'm concerned. Yeah. So, and then we've, we've got that. And to go with this, there obviously besides me and you right now, there's a lot of people pissed about this. AMC, for instance, is they're taking some drastic memories against, uh, against Warner brothers right now. They're, uh, yeah, because they, I, from what I understand, I think they own a percentage of Warner Brothers, so they're like, uh, what are you doing there, bud? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's we should, the thing. Uh, we should uh, do this, you know? That's the thing. There's going to be a lot of, of court cases against this, and it might not... I don't think it will overturn the decision. It mm-hmm. might. There's a possibility that it might overturn the decision to go to HBO Max. Uh, it won't be in time for Wonder Woman to not be on HBO Max, but yeah. uh, you know, there, there's a, they have a number of producers and filmmakers, which they have contracts with, which include theatrical releases, st- like strictly theatrical releases, yeah. and then a, a time. and And just because there's a pandemic does not just write that off and overturn that. So there's going to be a lot of litigation going on about yeah. this. Especially um, the the guys who made Dune, because from what I understand, they were, they were, was it, it was either Godzilla versus Kong or Dune. One of the two was going to have a deal with Netflix and without word from Warner Brothers was like, not going right to HBO Max. So like, like yeah. cut the deal or something like that. So like everybody was really completely in the dark about all these movies being 
sent, and now it's now it's just a thing that's oh, happening, yeah. and people are getting sued left and right now. So and also, is, who the fuck has HBO Max? HBO yeah. Max sucks. Well, yeah, they're they're really fucking pushing for that, yeah. that platform, C- like, which makes C- sense because um, they got no one. HBO Go and everything like that. Yeah, which is the same thing, really. No, uh, they just changed the same thing. Yeah, and Christopher Nolan uh, is is not happy about it. Obviously, yeah, you know the champion pissed. of theaters. Uh, granted, it is partially his fault for pushing to release Tenet in in September, but you know, studios could have said no to him. Um, but he said that HBO Max is the worst streaming service. Yeah. Which I mean, I had HBO Max for like two weeks, and I was like, this is kind of garbage. So yeah, I got rid of it. Yeah, um, I didn't mind HBO Go when it was a thing, but like yeah. now it's just like. Now they got rid of it, so I don't even have that. It was like twenty dollars a month, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. But yeah, that's it's uh, it's a whole thing. I don't think people who are saying movie theaters are going away, I think they're one hundred percent wrong. There's a huge fan base for movie theaters still mm-hmm. that still respect the experience of going to movie theaters and learn, know how to shut the fuck up in a movie theater. Yeah, and that's um, that's what I said in the uh, the post that I made today. I was like, most people, they either like I've I've worked in the movie theater for seven years it's like i know what the numbers are looking like there's there's people who go on dates like crazy there's like the, the first dates all that shit you got girl guys and girls nights when you want to hang out with the boys or the girls you just you have go. the regulars you have the regulars who are coming in you have just a random person who just has two hours to spare and then holidays holidays are a huge one you're getting oh, yeah. away from your fucking family you the yeah. first thing that you're doing is going to the movies <laughs> Mm-hmm, exactly. So it, it blew, it, the logic of some people just blows my mind. Even if, like, the price is overwhelming, you're still seeing movies. Like, that, yeah. if the option's there, you're doing it. And Not, if you think the price is overwhelming, every single major theater chain now has a subscription service. Mm-hmm. So fucking sign up for that. Yeah. I saw 20 movies in one month with my Regal subscription. Yeah. That's 20 movies. That is, like, two over $200 that I got for $20. Mm-hmm. Like, Come on. <laughs> it's uh, the whole thing blows my mind. It's this is only the first like I definitely saw like this like the subscription services being a thing in the future. Yeah. I didn't think it was gonna take a step this soon. And I didn't expect myself to get so pissed about it so fast either. Yeah. But uh just people people irk me, man, in the way they use their brain for this stuff. Yeah. Not to mention all the you're gonna lose so much sound design by watching it at home even like on, i won't on i won't because i have a great setup here but <laughs> on top of that like who actually wants to sit in their house literally all the time and watch movies like exactly. the whole the, a good another good thing is like you want to get out of the house and go watch a yeah. movie. like exactly like what what would happen if uh if for instance endgame like that was freaking huge or infinity mm-hmm. war whatever which whatever one you want to pick there was crowds upon crowds upon crowds for that. You're yeah. not gonna experience that whole like thing from home, like the crowds like that. Mm-hmm. I had literally people cheering in my ears when yeah. Captain America caught a hammer. Which I, like, which I hated, guys. but I'm also not the the fan base for, yeah. the, for the Marvel movies, so I get I that. I shit my pants, but I was still like, ah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just mind blowing the the thought process behind all these yeah. people. And I I just want to be able to take my son when he's old enough to go to see a movie. Mm-hmm. I want him to grow up in a world where we can go see movies, and I know I will be able to. Uh, hopefully, he won't have to tell people to shut the fuck up like I've had to. <laughs> One day he just might have to. If I ever get murdered in a movie theater, you know it's because I told him to shut up. <laughs> Let's just say. <laughs> like, can you uh, shut up? Yeah. Well, now that we're at 35 minutes, we should probably, yeah, we should probably just did you get into the exception. No? no, I don't have any news. Okay, I apologize perfect. to everyone who's still with us here. I don't. Uh, 
Yeah, because we we are both passionate about movie theaters. We both worked in movie theaters. So uh, without any further ado, let's get into The Exception. The Kaiser remains of great symbolic importance to the German people. You'll address him as sir, and you will speak only when spoken to, and all discussion of politics is forbidden. You are to take immediate command of his military guard. British Secret Service have an agent in the area. Could be a kidnap attempt, most likely an assassination. If anything happens to him, Captain, you'll be shot. Captain, there's a British spy after me. You'll be quite safe, Your Highness. My name is Stefan. I was wondering what yours was. Mika, dear. The female staff are not to be interfered with. The exception. A German soldier tries to determine if the Dutch resistance has planted a spy to infiltrate the home of, of Kaiser Wilhelm in Holland during the onset of World War II, but falls for a young Jewish Dutch woman during his investigation. Ooh, nice. Mm -hmm. uh, it is written by Simon Burke based on the novel The Kaiser's Last Kiss by Alan Judd. It is directed by David Laveau, starring Jai Courtney, Lily James, Christopher Plummer, and Janet McTeer. Uh, it's also got Eddie Marzan in there as well. Um, and uh, a little unexpectedness that I got from it is that this is an A24 distribution. <laughs> Literally nowhere in here... At least on the IMDb, DB. Yeah, no, it, only on the the um, the poster, which I yeah. didn't look at. But that was a nice surprise when I saw that. I was like, oh, I'm a little bit more excited for this film now. Yeah, he sent me a text. He's like, hey, this is a little, there's a little sneak from A24. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Until I watched it this morning and bada bing, bada boom. One, but, of the, um, one of the title sequences was straight A24. I was like, jaw drop. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is a movie in which Christopher, Christopher Plummer plays. Uh, he did not play a Nazi, so I was incorrect last mm -hmm. week. He plays the Kaiser Wilhelm II of, uh, of Holland or of Germany, Prussia, technically, um, after he's been exiled. And, uh, you know. I was a little worried about Jai Courtney going into this, but I thought he did a really solid job. Yeah. You know, he he um he really kind of commanded the screen uh, and and was believable. A huge I've always I've always liked Jai Courtney. He was always uh oh ever since I watched Spartacus, he's always been like one of my one of my favorites, but he's never had that role that he was like given to like actually get there. Mm -hmm. besides for me spartacus he was great in that um yeah but uh, yeah he's 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 now he's captain boomerang that's really his own big thing i guess that's not even that big of a thing and i wish yeah. he had more stuff because he he was great in this like this is definitely one of his better roles that he's ever done so yeah far. De definitely and and one thing i was definitely not uh expecting from this was the whole discussion of like the morality of serving your country blindly and everything. Mm -hmm. Whereas he was a uh, devout Nazi, but he also thought that the people, the uh, Nazis who were killing innocent Jewish people were the exception and not the rule, mm -hmm. um, which was a, a continuing theme throughout. And it was a, you know, I, I just didn't expect it to go that way. I thought he was just going to be like a straight up Nazi who then turned, but he in this, you know, obviously he is a Nazi, so he has some responsibility to hold with this. Yeah. But 
for lack of a better phrase, was one of the good ones who was just following orders. Yeah. Um, and uh, I thought Lily James was great in this. Uh, she, I think she gets better with like every film she's in. Uh, she's uh, always extremely charming. The big one with this one is she's not just like that that girl who's like the main character is just like girl, you know? Oh yeah, she no, actually, she's a fucking spy. <laughs> yeah, she's a spy. Like she had her role in this instead of just being like a an arm piece, you know? Yeah, which I thought was awesome because yeah, absolutely. Only and, and all the even, movies that I've seen has just been that arm piece type role yeah. for her. And and even with this, like uh, you know, we all we talk about how gratuitous nudity a lot. I did mm-hmm. not feel the nudity. Uh, by her or Jai Courtney or Jai was Courtney, gratuitous. Yeah. It it felt like, um, in a way, like especially with how fast she was to agree to, t- you know, when he says take off your clothes and she kind of just looks at him, kind of decides and just takes off her clothes. I was like, I okay, was, I was in that in that scene. I was specifically, I was uh, I was kind of scared for like how the tone of the movie was going to be, but luckily, yeah. It, but it, uh, it was it turned it was, ninety degrees after a certain. Oh yeah, of time. it was, was like, it oh. was a fucking power move, really. Yeah. When she, when she did it and. Um, you know, and then she, you know, that scene breaks up because he's got this abdomen injury mm-hmm. that causes him a lot of pain. And then she turns the tables on him and she's just like, take off your clothes, mm-hmm. you stupid bitch. At least I, I wish she said you That's stupid bitch. That's how I said it in my mind when uh, yeah. I role played it later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really thought, because, you know, everyone... Before I say this, every single person who was part of the Nazi party in one way or another has some responsibility for what happened in World War II. Mm. There's no doubt about that. But I think just because I know – I personally, I know people who were part of the Hitler Youth uh, growing up in Germany. And so they technically were part of the Nazi party back then. And and they when they found out about you know the Holocaust and everything they were just appalled they had no idea mm-hmm. and I I loved that this had German people in it who were absolutely appalled by what the higher ups were doing yeah um you know they, there's this mystery and this this fantasy of Kaiser Wilhelm and and his wife uh, Princess Hermine going back to Berlin and sitting on their throne again there's this great you know, story that uh, the the that Hitler is going to let them do that, mm-hmm. and then they have a a dinner uh, with um, Himmler. I believe it's Himmler, uh, who's played by by Eddie Marzan. Um, where is he? Where is that so cute little? Seems to be a little lower. Yeah, yeah, Heinrich Himmler. Um, I I always get <laughs> I get Goering, Goebbels, and uh, Himmler confused all the time. Um, but anyway. When when they had dinner with him and he was just talking about like killing children like it was nothing and you saw the disgust on their face I was like that yeah. is something that is a bold thing to do mm-hmm. in in a in a film someone who is you know for the Third Reich learning in real time what the yeah. Third Reich actually is like and just from a first hand they show every single one of the uh, the characters' faces of just while he's telling the story and eating at the same time oh just yeah not even missing a beat just. Just eating and telling a story as if it's a normal thing, and everybody yeah. around him is just like, "The fuck!" Just like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I thought it was really powerful in that sense, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it was a for being a smaller war movie where like they barely even leave this house. Yeah, uh, I thought it was extremely big in scope for for uh, you know it built a a huge world. You felt like you were in Holland. Yeah. And and during the war and everything, even though you didn't really see much of the war, if if at all. 
Yeah, there was just the the characters and the officers, obviously. But yeah, it it definitely did well in that that aspect. Uh, Eddie Marzan's another one who plays a German a lot, so I feel bad for both mm-hmm. him and Christopher Plummer. Um, yeah. But uh, um, yeah, he was he was actually kind of terrifying in just the relaxing state during that dinner scene of telling oh, that story. Honestly, I had I I can't think of a film where he was really terrifying and he's usually like a, a kind of lovable goof mm-hmm. in a way. Um, at least all the films that I can think of at the top of my head until I saw that, that movie I watched last week, Tyrannosaur, mm-hmm. where he is just a complete monster yeah. and, uh, he, you know, he's a monster in this too. He's Himmler. Uh, he, he does less horrifying things, but he says a lot of horrifying things in, in this than he does in ty- ty- uh, Tyrannosaur. Yeah. So I kind of am glad that I was able to watch both those films um, so close together because it really kind of took that uh, that idea of Eddie Marzan that I had mm-hmm. in my head. Um, also, I forgot he's the bad guy in Hitchcock too, and he's kind of terrifying in that as well. Yeah. Even though it's more of a comedy, but uh, yeah, I completely forgot about that. The guy yeah. who gets his hand cut off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this movie this movie was actually way better than I expected it to be. Uh, mm-hmm. I do wish Jai Courtney could get more roles. Maybe not like this, but definitely more dramatic roles for sure. Um, Lily James was awesome. Christopher Plummer was just humble, humbling. Just even though he was a Kaiser and all that, he like he always got pinpointed in like he always said in the movie like why is and I'll even repeat it. He was like this. Why are always bad things pointed to me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, you know Christopher Plummer accents yeah uh, so it was it was kind of like you felt that you're like uh, okay i kind of feel for what he's doing yeah. but uh yeah, it was, i was really enjoying this movie yeah i i agree i it was a lot better than i was anticipating especially from a film that i had not heard of before yeah um i didn't even know this was out i i follow all of these actors careers relatively closely but this mm-hmm. one somehow flew especially under the so radar close to like our our day like now 2020 and this came out in 2016 I mean, I was yeah. I was working at the movies. I was working at the. I, I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah, at all. Yeah, definitely. Um, but like, regardless of how good this is, I don't really have too much to say about it. I think it's a really solid film. It's got great performances. It, it yeah. builds the world really well. Um, and, and it's it's not like. I would say it's better than okay, which is weird because usually it's just the okay movies. I don't have much to say, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's because it's such a contained story where it all takes place in this house. Yeah, uh, it's it's all it's all in this this mansion. Well, it, yeah, mansion. It's all in this mansion takes place, and you've only got yeah. a handful of characters that actually you're you're really dealing with. So there's not too many things going on besides. Uh, I mean, I guess we could talk about the chemistry between Lily James and Jack Courtney. They were oh they yeah, were their chemistry was together. their chemistry was electric. Yeah, like fr- from the get go, when you think that he's about to to rape her, and then he, mm-hmm. you know she's she's kind of takes charge in that situation. Yeah, it was just like the the chemistry between them was just phenomenal to the point where it was very believable, uh, even though you find out she is Jewish, and uh, you know he just and doesn't care. And a spy. Well, he doesn't learn that till later. But, yeah. you, you know, every, every step, like, yeah, when... It, this movie had a really good theme of humanizing its characters. Yeah. yeah like, you, you have Except this, for the ones this... who don't deserve it, like Himmler. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, at least the main characters. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, like, 
between the Kaiser, between Jack Courtney's character, between, between uh, Lily James' character. I mean, usually it's always the Jewish characters who are definitely humanized in these these movies. Yeah. Um, but you you had this this Nazi captain. You had the Kaiser of Prussia, I think. Uh, like they were all just they seemed like good people just stuck in a really bad time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of people forget that too. Like, yeah. Um, we live in a world now where the internet is a thing. So if our country does something shitty, we pretty much find out if not right away, a few months after it happens, people need mm. to remember that you can serve your country back then and not hear about any of the atrocities it's doing because you didn't mm-hmm. personally witness it for years. Like, the, um, like I said, I, I went to uh, a church that had a, a elderly couple who were part of the Hitler youth and yeah. Their parents, when they found out what was happening, were just appalled and is a major reason why they moved to America because they were so ashamed of mm-hmm. of their country that they even abandoned it even after things were starting to get better. Like it's it, it, And again, every single person who is part of the Nazi party has some responsibility in, in a certain way. But, I, you know, there are people who are just kind of caught in a situation they are sold the lies we see people sold the lies now where you know mm-hmm. even though th- we have all this research they believe what they're told even though it's it's not hap- uh, you know it's obviously a lie or they're and, ignorant about it yeah and of hindsight's 2020 you could we were what 70 years after mm. oh yeah, 80 years actually almost 80 yeah. years um after world war ii so we know why like how obvious it was at the time but Mm-hmm. If you put yourself in their shoes, it becomes less clear. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, we could talk about the ending too. How did you feel about the ending? If I felt like it left it open a little bit. I don't know much about Berlin and what happened in World War Two. To be honest, and there was like uh, an air got, raid while he was. Berlin got bombed the shit. So essentially, it was it was it was kind of hinting that Jai Courtney died. Um, yeah. Because Berlin, along with many other German cities, got bombed to shit. Uh, mm-hmm. Where, uh, especially Nazi buildings such as that, like if it was advertised as a Nazi building, it was going to be a target for a bombing, which is why everyone was leaving. Um, yeah. But, you know, him either being in a, a good place or wanting to die or whatever, he stayed mm-hmm. there. Um, and of course, it's up in the air. That might not have happened, but that's how I took it just because I know that at the end of the war, yeah, I assume because if you were in a Nazi this building, is a novel, you died. these aren't actual characters, like these aren't actual people. It never said it was based on a true story. Yeah, it's like it's it's not. It's uh, yeah. based on a book. I mean, um, Kaiser Wilhelm II is real. Uh, Princess Hermine's real. Himmler yeah. obviously is real. But I think everyone else is uh, fictitious. Yeah. So like it, it it left it left it open to be like uh, they both they both got out. Lily James got out of there. She. Turns out she's pregnant with most likely Jai Courtney's baby. They didn't really give like a timeline of how far away. It seemed like a couple months. Yeah, um, that's probably my only out. my only pet peeve is because like when they first show Jai Courtney, it feels like it's years, but then you see that yeah. she's pregnant, and you're like, oh, I mean, it's probably like six months. Well, that that blew my mind because I'm like, well, that's the longest pregnancy of my life. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it turns out she's like she's pregnant, and that she was about to meet uh, Winston Churchill, and then. Yeah. You got Jack Courtney opening the book that uh, 
that Lily James owned. Why do I keep, yeah. I keep saying Lily James instead of her actual name? It was like Mika or something like that. Mika, um, yeah. Mika. But also, the, the bombing of Berlin didn't happen until 1944, I believe. Yeah. And uh, Kaiser Wilhelm died in 41. So, so it's, I don't I don't know how like that timeline exactly works, but I, don't I know. think it, it expects its audience to just you know suspend reality, yeah, or suspend their disbelief or or what have you. But like historically, that timing doesn't make sense unless yeah. they met up in the middle of there somehow. But uh, hearing hearing the air raid in the back and while he's sitting there reading this book with a big ass smile on his face, maybe really fucking sad for a minute. I was just like, yeah. Well, that made that, that's come on, come on. <laughs> I mean, he does have to like you know in in the morality of storytelling, he does have to pay for his sins. Yeah. Um, which were not as great as other Nazis, but yeah. Well, you, I was glad know. I was left with that sadness, but at the same time, I was like, "Well, what the fuck, dude?" Yeah, I I really like the ending. Um, I the only I thing even, is, even is in the, the timing. book it said like her address, like where she's at, or some shit like that. I don't know. I was yeah. Just like, oh. Yeah, you know. but if if you know basic history about World War II, mm-hmm. or or look it up, like I didn't know when Kaiser Wilhelm died. I thought he yeah. died before World War II, but like if you look it up, it kind of makes that ending a little weird. But I still appreciated it. Yeah, it was still good nonetheless. Yeah, um, that's really it for me as far as that yeah, goes. Same here. So let's get into the judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always, this has to be unanimous decision whether or not to make it a KFR shelf boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn, would you like to go first? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I definitely enjoyed this movie way more than I thought I would. I loved the mm-hmm. chemistry between a lot of the actors, uh, whether it was Lily James and Jai Courtney or Lily James and Christopher Plummer and then all the other things going on in it. Uh, I liked how small the setting was and everything like that. And really, I think this movie would be a really good companion piece with, like, any other World War II movie. Like, it mm-hmm. definitely fits, like... That, that shelf of like, hey, like, hey, do you want to watch uh, Schindler's List and then bada bing, bada boom? But if you watch Schindler's <laughs> List, you're going to be watching five hours worth of movies, it seems. <laughs> um, I think this this definitely fits, like, if you're a huge World War II fan, like, then watching the movies of those, well, nobody's really a fan of it, but <laughs> of, of the movies and the takes place. I think this is a, it sits in there somewhere. Yeah. So I think, it, I think it definitely deserves it. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's a... Um... Yeah, especially for a lesser known World War II story. Mm. Obviously, it takes uh, fictitious royal um, royalties. I don't know what you want to call it. With like the whole spy thing not really happening. Yeah, uh, I would believe the whole plot of uh, Hitler inviting Himmler, or not Himmler, Hitler inviting Wilhelm to come back to kind of flood out the uh, monarchy supporters. Yeah, uh, that's very believable. I don't know if that happened. Um, but it's a, it's a very incredible story. I had no idea Kaiser Wilhelm was still alive at that point, so it was mm-hmm. kind of cool to learn a little bit about that. Um, so yeah, I would agree. I believe this is a shelf boy. Yeah, uh, so it, it seems like the exception becomes a shelf boy with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. <laughs> and that brings us to our plugs for this week. Glenjamin Button, what is yeah. your plug? Um, for me, uh, we're going to scroll on over to YouTube. Uh, mine is actually going to be uh, midsummer trailer, but it's a feel good romantic comedy. Ah. Which, if you watched it, it ain't that, Jack. It, it ain't, ain't that. that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I watched it. I now I kind of want to watch Midsummer again, to be honest. Uh, yeah, 
because everything about this this little fake trailer is just just not that movie. But now I really really watch that movie. So that's uh it's gonna be Midsummer trailer, but it's a feel good romantic comedy on YouTube by Nailed It Network. Thank you, man. How long have you two been together? Just over three and a half years. Four years. No. Really? Yeah. Four years in two weeks. Danny, do you feel held by him? Does he feel like home to you? I know what you're going through, Danny. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I watched that too. I almost picked it, but then I was like, eh, I feel like it could have been edited a little bit better. So yeah. I, I just, it's still good, but yeah, it's, it's, that, it that's why it has the like, spacious like, moments in between it. Yeah. Uh, so my plug for this week, everyone might remember, uh, last year I plugged a little show called The Movies That Made Us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they released two special episodes and called it The Holiday Movies That Ooh. Made Us. Uh, there are two episodes where they talk about Elf and the Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, so it's a real quick watch, you know, watch it in under two hours. And it talks about the making of those films, and it's, it's really fascinating, um, particularly both of them. I was going to try to pick one, but they're both yeah. really fascinating. Uh, seeing a young Tim Burton's really funny. Apparently he has a temper, but he doesn't look like he has a temper. Mm-hmm. Um, he just looks like the chillest, most stone dude in the world, but he <laughs> <laughs> could see that but, uh, with his hair and everything. Yeah, but uh he especially back then, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it's it's a really fascinating little documentary series. So uh that is the holiday movies that made us on Netflix. I really, really, really love Christmas movies. Elf was a great concept and it was hilarious. Will Ferrell as Buddy. This script was custom made for him. Will read it and said, yeah. And that begins the journey. Nightmare Before Christmas. Tim Burton was a Disney animation trainee. They did not know what to do with him. He was considered such an oddball. Tim was thrilled with the idea of bringing Nightmare Before Christmas to life. He's the most successful director in Hollywood. They said, just 18 million, go make a movie. I'm calling these studios. I'm telling them I have this amazing script. And they said, you are insane to think Will Ferrell should be the lead of anything. There was literally no script. He kicked a hole in the wall. We got in trouble with clearance. The film might not be releasable. And we had lawyers saying, where's your reference? Or did you get this idea? It's heartbreaking. <laughs> so those are our plugs for this week. That brings us to what our assignment is next week. I discussed earlier how it is a movie that I've already watched. I am going to rewatch it because I want to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is called Light of My Life, and that is on Amazon Prime. Can I help you, sir? And who are we here? It's my, this is my son. Company boy. I'm not looking for any more company, sir. Yeah, I bet. There's bedrooms with beds. I know. Can we stay? I don't think it's a safe place to be. Who is it? They're looking for me because I'm a girl. What do you want? We come in, we're very cold. I've got a little child here. Seems to me you've been at this a long time. I wonder what the toll is. You just gotta keep her close. It is written and directed by Casey Affleck and starring Anna Pinowski. 
and Casey Affleck, Tom Bauer, Elizabeth Moss, uh, and a few other uh, smaller characters in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is about parent and child journey through the outskirts of society a decade after a pandemic has wiped out half the world's population. As a father struggles to protect his child, their bond and the character of humanity is tested. Um, It's a really, you know... I'm not without going into much. Yeah, uh, I'm still deciding whether or not this would be a shelf boy, but it is a. It's well, it's had a, another extra week to think about it, buddy. Don't yeah, you exactly. It's very reminiscent of the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you like the road, you'll probably at least enjoy it. Um, yeah. Again, whether or not it's a shelf boy, still up in the air for me. But uh, I'm looking forward to watching Light of My Life on Amazon Prime. All right. Yeah, so that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Apologize for the long rant in the middle of this episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, but as always, you can check out our website, KeystoneFilmReview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film underscore review. Twitter, Keystone underscore film. Facebook, Keystone Film Review. YouTube, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we wander the wilderness with our son, which is my son's Glenn, and I'm Glenn's son. Mm-hmm. So. It's, it's Japanese, it feels like. I don't get that reference, but... Sun, Sun Glen. Oh, I get it. Okay, I get that now. I'm dumb. Bye-bye! <laughs>